Amen. Give Nathan a round of applause. Uh, first time up here, he killed it. Awesome job. Uh, it is not uh, contrary to popular belief. It's not easy to get up on this stage. And uh, turns out all of you and all of you online are a little intimidating. Uh, and so it takes courage to get up here and, and speak from the stage. So I'm so thankful uh, for especially new people that are stepping into roles. You know, we had this, the, the first couple months here, uh, September and now in October, our, our focus was the path. Uh, where do I fit in at Renew and how do I get involved? And right now we're seeing the fruit of all of the people that signed up for groups, all the people that signed up for teams, uh, all the people that are donating and helping us live out this vision of being for Jesus, for people, for our city. And I'm so thankful uh, for those that are getting plugged in, those that are serving, those that are joining groups, those that are leading groups. Like It's all of that that is the day-to-day ministry that helps us make disciples. Uh, so I, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about our series. Uh, a little FYI for you. Uh, these are devotional books. They're back there on the stool. And these are free. It is the book of Genesis. Uh, and so we are going through this as a series. Our groups are going through it uh, on Zoom and in person. And, and I want to encourage you, grab a copy of these. And in the front, you'll find this daily reading schedule if you want to read through the book of Genesis. Uh, and then you'll find reflection, devotional questions in the front. And this is, uh, the format of this is that it's taken out all of the verse uh, divisions, all the chapter divisions, so it's, it reads more like a letter, uh, like, like a book you would, a normal book you would read. Um, so it's kind of refreshing uh, to read in a different style than you normally would read uh, scriptures. And you can mark this up, you can write in it, you can highlight it, you can do anything you want to it. Uh, and I, so I kind of enjoy these small little books of the Bible that you can just read through in kind of a different context than normal. So that is free to you if you want it. Last week in our first uh sermon on the book of Genesis, we talked a lot about what lens are you and I reading the book of Genesis through. We talked a little bit about interpretation. How do we interpret the scriptures? And and one of the, the biggest factors in interpreting the scriptures is first realizing that we are reading through a lens. So we're trying to apply to our life, we're trying to answer questions we have, we're trying to make sense of some things, and all that happens through a lens. And the scriptures were written through a particular lens. Yes, they were God-inspired, God-breathed, but God breathed those scriptures into a context. And we talked about how... uh, you know, I gave that illustration about the Bears and Packers, and unfortunately, obviously, I didn't pray hard enough uh, because the Packers won. But we gave that illustration of how 4,000 years people discovered this. They, they wouldn't quite make sense or know what to do with the Bears and Packers uh, thought. And so they would try to figure that out, like this weird Christianity that's mixing Bears and Packers in with Jesus and scriptures. That's kind of odd. And we talked about how Everything written down is within a context. 
And so it's important as we read the scriptures to get an understanding of what was the lens, what was the context in which it was written. We're going to go through a... Does anybody know Hebrew here? I didn't think that would get anybody to raise their hand. I would have been amazed if it did. We're going to go through a couple Hebrew words today as we talk about some of these intro to the days of creation. And I want you to open up your Bibles or on your phones to Genesis 1. In talking about these couple words, they're ideas, and one of them is a repetitive word that happens throughout creation. And so it helps us understand, oh, this is the context, this is the, the, the framework in which this was written in. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Hebrew word that is used to describe this is tohu vavohu. All right? It's right here. Can you say it with me? Tohu vavohu. You got it? You can tuck that away, say it later to impress your friends. Uh, Tohu vavohu is this really deep and profound word. See, the first thing that we have to understand when looking at the scriptures through our lens is that we're also trying to interpret the Hebrew language. The Hebrew language is this massive, beautiful, complex language where one word will have rich, full definitions of what the author is trying to communicate when that word is written down. So tohu vavohu is this rich word that means it's complete darkness, formless void. It's chaos. It's the absence of order. It's something that most likely we all experience through life at different times. Tohu vavohu is driving home to face your family after you've been fired from a job. It's hearing the word cancer spoken out loud from a family member or friend. It's hearing that your friend passed away. It's seeing your son and daughter make mistakes that you know they're going to regret in life. It's the one that you love that's breaking up with you or divorcing you. It's this idea, this concept that you're thrust into this darkness, this chaos, this season in life, this period that is void from order. I don't know about you, but I've experienced that, right? When life happens and you're thrown into this place that is the unknown, that you're not sure how you're going to navigate through, 
You, all you see is darkness around you, and you're searching for the light. This is the word that was used to describe what was before God spoke. If you keep reading the scriptures, darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Like, like, I don't know about you, but I try to imagine this. And it's almost like a movie script or played out. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, what is this like? And it's this chaos. That there's no order. There's nothing. Like, it's hard for us to even grasp our mind around it. And then there's the Spirit of God hovering over whatever this is. The word for spirit of God is ruach. The ruach of God, the spirit of God, is hovering over the waters. And ruach means wind or breath. And it's the aspect of God that creates and holds life together. Ruach equals life. Tohu vavohu is the absence of life. The psalmist in Psalm 104, 29 through 30 says, When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. When you send your spirit, ruach, they are created. And you renew the face of the earth. Ruach is used 380 times throughout scripture. And it's the opposite of tohu vavohu. In the middle of the darkness, we see God saying, let there be light. And what happened? Light. And then we see God saw that the light was good, separated the light from the darkness. God saw that the light was good. That word for good is tov. Say tov with me, tov. Now you know two. Three Hebrew words. Your friends will really be impressed. Throughout the days of creation, this word tov, this word good, is repeated over and over and over again. It's used seven times. God reviews everything that has been created, and each work is called good. Our definition of tov means good, beautiful, working the way it was meant to. Or working the way it was created to. 
This rabbi that I listen to from time to time, Rabbi Allen, uh, he has a different, uh, uh, more nuanced definition of the word tov. And I always keep it in the back of my brain. Tov is the actualization of the potential for life embedded in the earth by God when creation brings it forth with, the, with seeds of future in it. That was a mouthful. I'll say it again. Tov is the actualization of the potential for life embedded in the earth by God. That when creation brings it forth, it has seeds of future life in it. See, every time the the word tov is used, it's when something begins working the way it was created to. And God sits back and goes, ah, that is good. That is beautiful. That is working the way it should. Rabbi Allen says that this word actualization is a verb and it's very important because this tov is something that you can sit back and say it's good but it's also a verb it's an action being done and fulfilled in creation Tov is used other places. Uh, scripture abundantly speaks of Tov. In Genesis 50, 20, we see Joseph following, uh, states the following to his brothers. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, Tov, to accomplish what it is now being done, the saving of many lives. See this thing that they intended for harm actually gave birth to new life, new transformation, new things that God was doing. In the first part of Psalm 23, 6, David declares to God, surely your goodness, your tov, and unfailing love will pursue me all of my days. Tov is talked about through the Old Testament. And it's this concept of assessing the fruit that one brings forth. And we see that theme carried into the New Testament. Look at Matthew 7:16 or Luke 6:44. There's this idea that there is a vine, there is a branches, that's John 15, but there is fruit that bears from the tree. It's tov. It's his goodness. It's his beauty. It's creation working as it was created to work. We talked in a little while, a little while back in a few series ago about the evidence of the Holy Spirit. And what's one of the ways that we can see the Holy Spirit moving and working? It is by the fruit of the Spirit that is grown and cultivated in our lives. We see this idea played out on day three. Turn with me to uh, Genesis 1 verse 11. God said that the land produced vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land 
that bear fruit with seed in it, according to its various kinds. And it was so. God creates vegetation, plants, trees. They have the ability to produce future life. And the wording there is very interesting. And it was so. Was it good? I don't know. According to the scriptures, not yet. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. God saw that it was tov. It was good when creation started to do what it was created to do. Trees and plants were created. It was so. Trees and plants started producing seed, which produced more trees and fruit, and it was good. Metaphorically speaking, if the trees in the if the trees drop seeds but none of them grow. Is that tov? No. If they drop seeds and they grow and become trees and plants on their own, it becomes tov. The reason why plants and trees must have seeds inside of them is that so in due time, those plants and trees will drop seeds into the earth and further the cycle of creating life. This is what God calls tov. So you may sit here and wonder, why is this important for us to talk about? Why is this important for us to walk through? These ideas of tohu vavohu, like it's a formless void. It's hard to wrap our minds around what was before. And this idea that's repeated constantly throughout the creation story, tov, it is good. See, I believe as we read Genesis, it's the who and the how that I am most, most concerned with. The who, who did the creating, and the how. How did the foundations of life begin? What things were woven into the foundations of life, the creation from our Father? So it's interesting, how does this impact you and I? I think the same is true for you and I, that we are tov. See, God is building into our life. God is creating. God is forming. God is shaping. 
and God partners with us so that we may what? Produce more life. We'll cover that in a couple weeks. But these seeds of life are embedded in you by God, and they are called forth to burst into new life, new creation. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. This is a place where I plainly see this. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, and he's talking about you were dead, and now you are made alive by God's grace, by God's mercy. And he says this, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship. We are God's art pieces. Created in Jesus. Made alive in Jesus. The Spirit breathes into us to do good works. That he's already created in advance for us to do and live into. It is a gift. It's not something that you have to earn. It's something that you get to benefit from, from following Jesus. From being born new in Christ. And it's so important to remember this, to remember who we are. Because this is the place where God is shaping you, God is molding you. God is creating you. God is, uh, there's this uh, verse, little illustration in Malachi, chapter 3, in which it talks about God is the refiner, and as the refiner, there's silver that the refiner is working with and purifying, and he heats the silver up, and as the silver heats up, he's scraping off the impurities that rise to the top. And how does the refiner know when the silver is ready to be used? So he could see his reflection in the silver. So you, are, you and I are in this refining process where we're being shaped, molded, transformed to be more and more like Jesus. Eugene Peterson puts it like this We neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work that he has gotten ready for us to do, the work he is doing. And when that happens, he sits back and goes, ah, that's good. Look at my sons and my daughters living in the way that I've created them to live. The first chapter in Genesis 
we see a God that brings order to chaos. Why is it important to read through Genesis? Because you see how life began. You also see the character of God woven into creation. And I don't know about you, but I also see truths in that God that I can lean on to this day. So when tohu vavohu happens and I'm lost, I know because it's on the very first pages of Scripture and every page after that. It's okay. Because I have a God that enters into the darkness, enters into the chaos, enters into the things that are meant to harm me and makes them out to be good. I have a God that speaks into the chaos, speaks into the darkness, brings order where there is disorder. And I don't know who needs to be reminded of that, but that is the God that we follow. So if you're experiencing tohu vavohu in life right now, be reminded, this is our God. We also see that we have a God that creates. A God that is hovering over the dark. A God that creates and creates things in a specific way to continue that creation, to continue producing. And when creation does What God has intended it to do, it is good. It's beautiful. It's whole. It's working in the way it was intended to work. So I want to invite you, after church, sometime this week, just read through Genesis 1. And just sit back. And just be reminded of the God that created. The God that stepped into the chaos, into the darkness. The God that has made it good. And just sit in awe. See, the same God who spoke the universe and all of its galaxies into existence. The same God who spoke all, spoke and all the planets and stars appeared. 
The same God who spoke in the pattern for the Milky Way, in the pattern for our solar system, took shape. The same God who spoke the earth and the sun in a perfect relationship to one another. The same God who spoke all the different animals on earth into being. The same God who spoke and created all the natural beauty that you and I get to experience on this planet. The same God who drew a line between the sand and the water all around the world. The same God who made you and I uniquely In his image, the same God who's bringing order to the disorder in our lives, the same God who is turning darkness into light. He's the same God that calls you his son, his daughter. The same God, Romans 8, 26, that even when you don't have words to pray, is there listening with you in whatever you're going through. As the worship team comes up, I want to invite you, as we continue through Genesis, next week we talk about image. As we continue through Genesis, I, I want you to just, just be in it. Take time, take a devotional, and just read through the chapters as we go through them. And read them with fresh eyes. Don't read them in a way of going, oh, I know what this is. This story is old and familiar. I know exactly the point of this story. I know exactly what is being written. I invite you to read with new eyes. And ask the Holy Spirit to reveal who God is through the scriptures. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we praise you. I pray that our, that our minds and our hearts are filled with praise and wonder and awe of you, of creation. I thank you. you are a creator God that has created everything yet you are personal walking with us stepping into the light or stepping into the darkness stepping into the chaos bringing order to disorder and you have made And you have called us to be good. Continue to lead and guide us, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.
Amen. Let's stand together.